0: There is a spirit which I feel. Selected writings of James Naylor. Chapter 6, Love to the Lost, Part 2. Concerning Love. The love of God is pure and perfect and cannot stand together with self or with any changeable thing. God is love, and none can dwell in love except they dwell in God. And as the creature comes to live in God, He is changed into his image and likeness. And so God's love is seen in pure light and shed abroad in the heart, whereby the power of faith works to the overcoming of all that is contrary to him. Here the love of God abounds, and those who dwell in it work no evil. But through the work of love, fulfill the law of God. But the world's love arises from the spirit of the world which, for selfish ends, sets the affections on changeable things, and so goes out into enmity against God. Thus it is said, Whoever will be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James four four. But the love of God is a fruit of God's Spirit, which springs from the fountain and runs out to the whole creation of God. None have this love, but those who have the Spirit— from which it springs, which is eternal, unchangeable, and above all carnal things, nor can time or carnal things quench it. God so loved the world that he gave his son into the world as a light to condemn sin in the flesh so that the righteousness of God might be fulfilled in the creature in walking after the spirit and denying the works of the flesh. And truly, this is the love of God to sinners. To condemn all sin and to take it away by the light and life of Jesus Christ. And all who love with this love know that this is its aim and end. But with the love of God all man's love is condemned, which stands in things that have come in through the fall and have defiled both body and soul. So then, This love of God consists of reproofs, judgment, and condemnation against all that defiles the creation, and against the creature who yields to pollution. This is pure love to the soul, for it deals faithfully therewith in declaring its condition. And this was the great love which Christ showed the Jews when he told them they were hypocrites, blind guides, liars, saying, "Woe to you, you serpents, you generation of vipers! How can you escape the damnation of hell? Many such plain and true words he spoke in love to them, so too it was the love of God in Paul which said to Elemus, "O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness." will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? For all the love that can be shown to any creature is to deal faithfully and truly with them according as they are seen in the light. And he who does not love both God and man in this way, as will be seen in the day of judgment, are out of God's love and have imagined a love which is of another nature." these flatter one another in their evil ways and changeable opinions and their love is grounded in carnal things and stands in their own wills so they love when they will and they hate when they will but they know not love as it is in god nor do they hate what god hates and such is their blindness who say all must be won by love that they know not what they affirm for god says i will redeem zion with judgment isaiah 127 and with the spirit of judgment and burning, I will wash away her filth, Isaiah four four. But those who are still in their filth would have all others flattered therein. So then, the love that spares filthiness is filthy, for it defiles the temple of God. But the love of God is pure, for it condemns the unclean and purges away the filth of all who love it. But woe to that love which gains friends by sparing God's enemies. Therefore, Paul says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Romans 12.9 This is the love that uncovers sin, condemns sin to death, and covers it with righteousness. So James says, He who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. James 5.20. And Solomon says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Proverbs seven five, For such wounds are precious to all who know what love is. But he that spares a man's wickedness hates God's righteousness. And so, with the light, God's love and the devil's love are seen. And how each loves his own works, and so do their children in whom they reign. And whoever loves the one hates the other, and he that serves the one despises the other. And so the servant always contends for the master whom he loves. Concerning Judgment True judgment, as it is made known to men, is a gift from the Spirit of God, set in the heart of everyone who dwells in the light of Christ, which judgment passes upon all in the creature that is contrary to the life of God. And as it is received, it springs up with light and salvation to the redeeming of the heart from all uncleanness, condemning all that is contrary to purity, that God may be seen in his dwelling place with his righteousness. Thus he is said to redeem Zion with judgment and her converts with righteousness and to purge away the filth of the daughter of Zion with the spirit of judgment and with the spirit of burning. And if there be a continual dwelling in the light, then this judgment ceases not till the throne of Christ is established in the heart in peace. For this is his judgment, and it is upon all that stands against his kingdom. And though the enemies of righteousness love it not, yet the righteous delight in and love the judgment of God. For by it they are redeemed and saved, and know it to be the first promise of God to be received. For the Lord says, I will make my judgment rest as a light of the people's, Isaiah 51-4, and when it is received, his righteousness is near, Isaiah 51-5, to be revealed. Therefore, his judgment must first pass upon all that is unrighteous, and none can have Christ's righteousness but those who receive his judgment. For this reason, the Lord says, I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgments are like light that goes forth. Hosea 6, five. And for this end, judgment is given to the saints of the Most High. Daniel 7.22 Ezekiel was often commanded to judge the people and cause them to know their abominations. And Jeremiah was full of the fury of the Lord and was weary of holding it in. And Micah was full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of judgment to declare to Jacob his transgressions and to Israel his sin. And so in all ages the Lord has placed his judgment in his servants, and by it they have judged the heathen and those who know not God. And as many as believed and received God's judgments and repented, these found mercy. But the rest were hardened. Now this judgment is eternal and stands firm in heaven as it is passed upon the earth. And this was committed to the apostles as a doctrine that whoever they bound were bound and whoever they loosed were loosed. Therefore did all the saints love judgment for they knew it to be the ministration of Christ ministered out upon all that is against Christ and whatever is against Christ is against the soul. So this judgment must begin at the house of God, 1 Peter 4, 7. But where the devil keeps the house, there he rejects it. For Solomon says, The ungodly scorn judgment, Proverbs nineteen twenty eight. and evil men do not understand it. But he that will not receive judgment is blind, and does not see that his enemy reigns, and will continue to reign until judgment is brought into victory. And set up in the earth, for it is only when judgment is laid to the line and righteousness to the plummet isaiah twenty eight seventeen that the covenant with hell and death is annulled, but you who hate reproof, when you are told of your evil hearts where sin abides, and of your crooked nature, you say, "Who made you a judge, and so you seek to stop the ministry of Christ, but he who has the spirit of Christ has the spirit of judgment and whoever serves that spirit must allow it to speak and judge in them therefore david said the tongue of the righteous talks of judgment the law of god is in his heart his steps shall not slide but the wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him psalm 37:30 concerning perfection god is perfect and so are all his works and all his gifts Whoever receives his gifts receives what is perfect, and by receiving and joining to that which is perfect, the creature is gradually made perfect himself. No further than a soul abides in this perfection can it be united to God, or appear in his sight, or be blessed by him. For going out from perfection, he goes into the fall and into the curse. Man has no more of Christ than what he has of perfection, for perfection is of Christ, And imperfection and sin are of the devil. These are two contraries, and come from contrary grounds, and bring forth contrary fruits. He that is of God is of perfection, and believes in perfection. But he who is of the serpent cannot acknowledge or believe it, being blinded by the God of this world. God sent his Son into the world to preach perfection, even a returning to the perfect image of the Father, saying, Be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5.48 And when he had left an example of perfection in all things, he ascended and gave gifts to men for the perfecting of the saints. Ephesians 4.12 That all might come to the unity of the faith, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.13 Thus he is an everlasting redeemer, perfecting the work of God in every generation of those that believe in his work and follow him. And all his true ministers have sought the same end and have preached and prayed that they might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, Colossians 1.28, from whom they have received the gift. And all who believed his ministers believed in perfection and pressed after it as the end of their faith, knowing that nothing less than perfection could give them perfect rest and redemption. Footnote. Early Quakers are sometimes known for their teaching that believers can become perfect on this side of the grave. The word perfect is one that can invite a lot of misinterpretation and imagination. And so it's important to understand exactly what they believed in this regard. First of all, this is not an improvement or a perfection of the sinful fleshly nature of man. This nature is not improved or repaired. It is experientially crucified through the inward cross or power of God so that the soul becomes progressively free from the law of sin and death and governed by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Therefore, the progress and perfection of the soul arises from the birth and growth of the seed of Christ within and its victory, by degrees, over the body of death. Early friends believed, and many experienced, that the heart could be united and subjected to the living truth in such a way so as not to obey the suggestions and temptations of the evil one, to cease from actual sinning, and in this sense, be perfect. However, they were always very careful to insist on the following two points. First, that this kind of perfection always allows for continued spiritual growth, as Christ himself is boundless and eternal, so our growth in him knows no limits or restrictions. And second, that there always remains the possibility of sinning wherever the heart and mind does not diligently look to and depend upon the Lord. Returning to the text. Now, since the mystery of iniquity has entered, another sort of ministry has gone forth into the world, which has taken up an imitation instead of a gift and has begotten another kind of faith that is wholly opposed to perfection, preaching against it, holding it as blasphemy, and calling it a doctrine of devils and the like. These desire to be called ministers of Christ, though they deceive all who receive their words. And any who look to the end of their work may easily see as much difference as between Christ and Belial. For the work of Christ is, and ever has been, to renew man again to a perfect state. And the work of Antichrist is to withstand this, and each has his ministers suitable to their intended ends. Christ's end is to perfect. The devil's is to keep in sin, and each sort of ministers have their corresponding faith, hope, and gifts, the one pure and the other polluted. According to each sort of faith, so are they who believe and follow. The faith of Christ is a shield, and gives victory over uncleanness, sin, and evil. But the devil's faith lets in sin, and believes it must be so. And had not the devil first brought man to believe him rather than God, he could never have polluted what God had perfected. But the way he first wrought upon man is the same way he keeps up his work. So then, none come to know the new creature, but those who believe in perfection in Christ, For all who are in the imperfect and polluted righteousness are in their own righteousness. But the least measure of God's righteousness is perfect, and those who become servants of it are thereby made free from sin. So it is by your unbelief that you destroy your souls and remain in your own works, which make nothing perfect. And then measuring yourselves with yourselves, you cut yourselves off from Christ. And measuring your faith by your own ability, you stand in that covenant which makes nothing perfect. But for this cause, the first covenant was found faulty and annulled, because it made not those who performed the service perfect in regard to conscience. Hebrews 9.9 9. Concerning Obedience Spiritual and living obedience is not that obedience of man's way and will, wherein men and women, in the first birth and wisdom, read the scriptures, find what the saints performed in the spirit and power of the Lord Jesus, and then set themselves to do the like. This is to make an imitation instead of to obey, to set up self-works instead of Christ's works, to obey self-righteousness instead of God's righteousness, and so to cover themselves with filthy rags instead of everlasting righteousness. All who will know true obedience must first know a measure of God's Spirit in the light of Jesus Christ. Herein they will find movings and drawings towards Christ, and a faith that lays hold upon God's righteousness, and an obedience that is in Christ Jesus, the second Adam. And as the creature joins in the light to the Spirit of Christ, and believes in the life of Jesus made manifest— He is quickened unto the one obedience, which is contrary to the will of man. For there is but one true obedience which is in Christ Jesus, which he learned of the Father for us, that in this obedience many may be made righteous. Romans 5.19 And all who learn Christ learn his obedience, which was not what he saw or heard from men, but what he saw and heard of the Father not in his own time or will, but in the Father's. Nor did he do anything of his own accord, but only what he saw the Father do. In this obedience Christ was always found, not doing what the scribes and Pharisees did, though they sat in Moses' seat, nor what the world approved, but what was contrary to the world and contrary to his own will, always and only submitting to the moving of the Spirit of the Father that dwelt in him, by which alone he was guided and furnished for every good work. And now, all that believe in him and follow his light, he leads them by degrees into the same knowledge and obedience, out of all carnal knowledge, power, and obedience, so that by faith the creature is made partaker of Christ's obedience and the power thereof from faith to faith. And all who have learned him find that, as he is, so are they in this present world, First John 4.17, both in love and in life, in power and in spirit, according to the measure that Christ has learned. And this is not an obedience from without, but an obedience to the truth through the Spirit, which is in life and not in imitation, in the will of God and not in self-will. It does not stand in things seen by men or done by men, by which men may imitate or do the like. Rather, it stands in Christ Jesus, and in his own obedience to the Father, seen in the light by the measure of faith received, whereby the believer is made one in it, and it in him. Thus, as the same Father still calls for the same obedience in spirit, so the believer now offers himself up, with all that he has, in the same spirit and power and obedience which are in Christ Jesus. And so, as the creature by faith partakes of that one obedience in the second Adam, he is made righteous, and no further, even as all are made sinners as they partake of the disobedience of the first Adam, and no further. Therefore, whoever knows how to partake of this obedience also knows the eternal Spirit in which all the children of God have been taught and enabled to obey, in their various measures, ever since the world began. And this obedience is not works done by them, but the everlasting righteousness of God obeyed in the Spirit, according to its own motions which are seen in the light of Christ. But none who are heart-blind can know this, who mind the motions of the flesh and obey them. For their minds have gone out into carnal pleasures, and the call to Christ's obedience is not heard by them. Nevertheless, the carnal spirit that leads out into the world teaches men to make an imitation of this obedience, and so deceives the simple by setting up a likeness without life, and glorying in appearance but not in heart. And then, As the witness of God in the heart or conscience testifies to such as these that their obedience is not perfect or accepted, they conclude that there can be no perfect obedience attained in this world. For they know not the powerful working of God's Spirit that perfectly works in those who believe and walk in the light, whereby they become His workmanship in Christ Jesus. These are brought into his obedience, and his obedience is wrought in them, in their measure, till they become of one heart, one mind, one soul, one spirit, one flesh and bone and blood, one obedience and one life, so that it is no more we who live, but Christ that lives in us, and the life that we now live is by faith in the Son of God. And though the fullness of this obedience is not attained at once— Yet the least measure of it is perfect and accepted, for it is accepted in him in whom it is wrought. And as the obedience of a child is as pure and willing as the obedience of a strong man, so it is with the babe in Christ Jesus, according to what the Father requires, who never requires anything but what he gives, and never gives anything but what is perfect, and what he perfectly accepts. Concerning Good Works As there is but one true good, so there is but one true worker of good in heaven and in earth, who by the word of his power made all things good in the beginning. By this good work and good will man was made in the image of God, and so stood in his goodness. But falling from that steadfastness which is in God, and looking to self to make himself wise... He became subtle and proud, and seeking to be like God was cast out from God, from his power, love, and goodness, into the dark imagination of his own fallen heart. Thus, finding himself under the curse, of which the light of Christ in the conscience bears witness, he quickly set himself to make likenesses of God and his worship, and of good works, of faith, hope, patience, love, etc. But being under the powers of darkness... And knowing neither God nor his work, he is deceived by the prince of darkness and pleases himself with an imitation of God's works, without power. And so he imagines he does good. But the testimony of God in his heart bears witness against him that his work is not perfect or accepted. He also imagines that he is redeemed, though he is still under the commanding power of Satan, led captive at his will. And, in order to more strongly bind him, Satan leads him into an appearance of worship so that man will not suspect his slavery, nor be too much troubled at his other unrighteous practices. Thus it is that even the worst of men in this state have their worship, and each sort thinks they are right, and are not as bad as others. For they have their form of religion and their pretended good works, though they have gone far out from the one good work of God. And it is no small work to undeceive even the least of these, though men of greater wits and learning may easily lead them from one deception to another. But all the world's wisdom cannot bring them into the one good work of God, nor teach them the way whereby it is wrought. Only those who mind the light of Christ in their dark hearts, which manifests evils and reproves them for it, who take heed to follow it out of the world and all carnal-mindedness, and who wait in the light until the living word is received in their hearts, only these, I say, come into the true good work and will of God. For without the word nothing was made, and without it nothing can be redeemed. For it is the word of the Lord, heard and received, that quickens the dead and raises to life that which is dead in trespasses and sins. And it is the power of this same word that brings forth the work of God's righteousness in the spiritual man. Thus the creature is renewed in the spirit of his mind and receives wisdom and power to escape evil and resist it and to bring to light all that God begets in the heart. And as the believer diligently continues waiting in the light and is obedient to this work in the spirit, so he comes still more and more to learn God's power and teaching As well as Christ's obedience. And so the wisdom and care of God are over him, leading him into sufferings and tribulations, trials and temptations, and the faith and fellowship with Christ therein. And if the creature stands firm, not a hair of his head can fall to the ground, but he is sure to come out more pure than gold. So he grows in the knowledge of Christ and his sonship toward the measure and stature and fullness of the perfect man into the likeness of God. It is in this way that all the saints were made conformable to God by his mighty working, whereby he wrought powerfully in them according to his good pleasure and contrary to their fleshly pleasures. And what is wrought in this way is good because it comes from the fountain of all good. Now, this is not a new work, but the everlasting good work of God. "...manifest to the creature, and through the creature to the world. And by it God is glorified, who is its Father and Author and Finisher, in every one that truly believes. This is no self-work, nor can it be wrought in any, except where self is denied, and where a cross to self is taken up. So all boasting is excluded, for the creature has nothing but what he has received, and not by his own will or deed." but by believing in the light and through the obedience of faith. And though there may be a variety of works, according to the soul's obedience and measure, yet all bring about the one work of the creature's redemption and God's praise therein. The world is ignorant of the true work of God, though they are preaching, pressing, and performing their good works, as they call them. But all their works do not manifest the power that brings out of sin and the world, and conformity to its ways and worship. But the good work of God in his saints, as they become obedient to his working and subject to his will, always begets the creature nearer to God and into his likeness and nature, until they suffer all manner of evil for the name of God that is in them, and are hated by the world." Yet the reproach of the world becomes great riches to all who love God and are obedient to His work. So then, self-works and God's works are made manifest in the light. The one is that which men see, hear, or imagine, and so set themselves to imitate in their own wills and ways according to what they have conceived in their fallen wisdom and earthly minds, not in the spirit, but in the oldness of the letter or the traditions of men." But everyone who will come into the work of God will be taught to deny the world and their own wills, so that all that is within them may bow and conform to the motion and workings of the Spirit, which are seen by all who dwell in the light. These, in the way and time of the Spirit, bring forth the fruits of the Spirit in the sight of God. Concerning election and reprobation. This is a doctrine which is sealed from the world, nor can any truly know it or receive it who are still in the reprobate state. And though many are disputing about it in the dark, none truly know it but the children of light. For there is a spirit who would foolishly charge God with having determined the condemnation of many persons before they even come into the world, and though they seek after God, yet they cannot be saved, because God has purposed the contrary. In the same way, these say that some are concluded unto salvation, though they live and die in their sins. Truly, this doctrine is of the spirit of the world, which knows not the secrets of God revealed in the spirit, and therefore judges carnally from the letter, and from figures and shadows. And those who are of this spirit know not the truth which lies in a mystery, and being without light they can only imagine." For no one knows the purpose of God but he who comes back to the beginning. For in the beginning, the election and reprobation were established by an eternal and unalterable decree in the two seeds, the seed according to the flesh and the seed according to the spirit. And he who can judge concerning these two seeds can also understand the two vessels ordained, one to honor and the other to dishonor. And as every man is found in one of these, so is God's purpose with respect to him. Now, in the fall, all are in the dishonor, and so are children of wrath, under the curse, and so without God and without the promise. And not having God dwelling in them, they are no vessels of honor, but are reprobate concerning Him. But in Christ Jesus, the election is known, for He is the elect seed In whom the election is obtained and established, and in the midst of all darkness, his light is offered to lead men out of the dishonor, out of the curse and the fall. And whosoever believes in his light, without respect of persons, he leads out of the world to the cleansing and purging of the body, soul, and mind, till the vessel is changed from the oldness of the will, affections, and lusts of the flesh, to the newness of the spirit." Thus, in heart and mind the creature is brought out of the flesh, which is prepared for dishonor, and where the dishonor lodges, and is brought to live in the spirit, where the lusts of the flesh are not fulfilled, and so the vessel of honor is witnessed, which is prepared for the master's use. But while men remain in the flesh, they are prepared for dishonor and fitted for destruction, not knowing the master nor their proper use." And though God endures such vessels with much long-suffering, who will not acknowledge the mercy shown to them in His Son, he may at his pleasure display his wrath upon them, and for this same purpose he long endured Pharaoh and allowed his oppression till he saw fit to show his power upon him who had long been raising himself above the seat of God, in the same way he endured the Amorites until their iniquities were full genesis fifteen sixteen And so he does with many at this day, who proceed from one wickedness to another, until they fill up their measure, that he may make known his wrath upon those who will not acknowledge his seed. So shall it be with all who will not acknowledge the light of Christ, whose day of visitation has passed. Such have a measure of sin to fill up in the other seed, which they shall not pass by. And for this purpose the evil seed was raised up and prepared, that God may show his power upon all who do not like to retain God in their knowledge, Romans 1.28, that they all might be condemned who take pleasure in unrighteousness, serving the creature more than the creator, whose hearts are filled with all immorality and fleshly lusts. These are indeed the vessels of dishonor. Yet, If a man purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. 2 Timothy 2.21 But those who live in these things are indeed reprobate with respect to God and his work. So then, here is the election and reprobation. Those who are after the Spirit and those who are after the flesh. Those who are after the flesh are not the seed, but those who live by the Spirit are accounted for the seed. These have obtained the promise, but the rest are hardened. And so there is no unrighteousness with God, but the unrighteousness is with men who reject the counsel of the Lord against themselves and choose to abide in that which God has cursed. And here, all that continue will be hardened to their own destruction." notwithstanding all their endeavors and labors, prayers and tears that are in this nature. For these are not accepted, being of that seed which is enmity against the seed of God. Against this seed God has decreed his displeasure, but in the other he shows mercy. Romans 9.16 And this mercy he has set above all his works, so that he who stays in the world cannot obtain it. But the light which leads out of the world leads up to it, and whosoever comes unto him, he will in no way cast off. But he who does not come to him is cast off already, because he will not come to the light of life. So now hearken, all you vain babblers, who spend your time disputing about election with your reprobate minds. When you find that the light of Christ condemns you for your lusts and earthly delights, and the Spirit of God moves in you against your evil deeds, but you will not be obedient, and still harden your hearts against the light, know then that this is the reprobate state. And know also that it is the Spirit of God that strives in you against it, who does not desire that you die in it. And let that measure of light in your conscience judge if your destruction be not of yourself, you whose way is reprobate from God. And let it also be a witness against you that God delights not in your destruction, but rather that you should turn and be saved. And for this end he has given you his light to reprove you and to lead you to repentance, showing that he has not determined your condemnation before you were born. And let the same light which checks you for your sin and lets you see in your heart that the righteous God has appointed a day wherein all shall receive according to their doings. Let it, I say, be a witness against the vain idea that God has concluded beforehand to leave you in your wickedness. So then, the righteous judge of all the earth will go on doing righteousness. And to make way for the same, he has placed his pure light in the heart of everyone that will mind it, which will clearly show all whether they be in the elect seed or in the seed of evildoers. For it is this light, being believed and followed, that does reveal the mystery of election and reprobation. And without this light none can know who is elected or reprobated, nor can they judge of this matter. Concerning the new birth, there is an old man and a new man, which are known in the light with births, natures, and kindreds, that differ according to that of which they are born. That which is of the earth is earthly, fleshly, carnal, and corrupt, and this is the state of the old man. All that are in this state are fallen from God and his covenant, and are in the curse, wholly blind in heart with regard to the mysteries of God. And though in the sensual wisdom of the flesh they make profession of God and his gospel, they neither know him nor his power, but are alienated from his life and led captive in the dark at the will of him who is the prince of darkness. Whatever a man does in this state is cursed. In this state Cain offered his sacrifice, but could not be accepted, for he was out of the state of well-doing or well-being though he anxiously desired acceptance. In this state, Esau sought the blessing and wept for it, but could not obtain it. And in this state, Nicodemus came to Christ, and though he loved him and believed him to be sent of God, could not enter the kingdom in that state, nor know the new birth. And this is the state which David speaks of when he says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Psalm sixty-six eighteen. And in this state are all who now worship in the flesh and in their carnal minds and the sensual wisdom. But that which is born of heaven is heavenly, spiritual, eternal, and incorruptible. And this is the state of the new man, which is begotten of the divine nature of God. And as is his nature, so are his works, and his delights are spiritual. For indeed, as is the tree, so are the fruits, and as is the man, so are his works. So he that is born of this seed is born of God. And whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. 1 John 3, nine, And all who remain in this seed, and it in them, have the promise and power that puts off the old man with his deeds, lusts, and affections. Thus the body of sin is put off by the power of the body of Christ. And redemption is witnessed. And as the creature passes from the old to the new, so they pass from death to life. For life is in the new, and there the victory is received over sin, the grave, and hell. Now the first birth talks of these things in the fallen nature, but cannot receive the power and victory by which to enter the kingdom, nor see its glory. And so these take up their rest and delight in visible things, and so entangle themselves in things whose end is destruction. But those who are born of the Spirit tread upon such things, and cannot set their minds upon, nor bow unto, nor be conformable to such vanities. And so those who are heavenly have no communion with the earthly, their minds being contrary to each other in all things. For that which is wisdom to the one is foolishness to the other, and so it has always been. Now, the seed which is of God leads the heart up to God, but the seed which is of the earth leads into earthly things. Those who are the children of God are led by His Spirit, of which they are born. But the children of this world are led by the Spirit of this world, and are captivated in the ways, fashions, and love of the world, Wherein the serpent has his seat and kingdom, and wherein his power is seen in all who are disobedient to the light of Christ. And so, and those who have given up to his power, because of the blindness of their hearts, he brings forth his enmity against the children of God born after the Spirit, children of the light and of the immortal seed, who bear the image of the invisible God and worship in the Spirit, being led and guided by that Spirit of which they are born. Now, those who are born of the Spirit can stay no longer in any form of worship than God stays, but by His Spirit are led to follow Him wherever He goes and out of whatever He departs. But those who are born after the flesh see only the outside and the form, and so abide in the form long after God has departed." Footnote, with the word form, Naylor is referring to any outward practice, formality, tradition, manner, or method of performing religious service or worship. Returning to text, these then become the seat of Satan, where he sits and persecutes those who follow the Spirit. In this way, the serpent has often beguiled the creature by getting into something of the form that was once used by the saints while God dwelt therein. And to this he adds inventions of his own, calling them decency and order and the like. With this he has deceived the creature, so as to serve his ends, even to shed the blood of their brethren under a pretense of error and blasphemy, and denying ordinances and forms of worship, and as being leaders of dangerous sects and heresies, etc. Thus the children of light have ever been numbered amongst transgressors, but were never truly so except that they transgressed the wills of men to observe the will of God. Yet all of these suffered as evildoers in the account of the world, as not worthy to live in the world, for they were born of a seed that is above the world, which the natural man does not know. So then, he that is born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Galatians 4.29 And these think they do service to God, Because they know not the Father nor the Son, but live in darkness, not acknowledging that seed whereof the children of light are born. Concerning the Baptism of Christ In the world there are many sorts and forms of baptism, but in Christ there is but one, which is that of the Spirit. This is Christ's baptism, and all who are baptized with it are baptized into his death, Buried with him to the world, to its ways and worships, loves and friendships, and to all that is in man that would conform or bow thereto. And it is through this baptism into death that the seed of God is raised up, out of the grave, quickened by the same Spirit which raised Jesus from the dead. And all that are baptized with this Spirit, knowing the old man to be dead and buried, are raised a spiritual seed unto God, holy and zealous for good works, being begotten again of another nature from above, which is but one. And as they are baptized into this, all grow into one, in God the Father and the Son Jesus Christ. And so the saints were all baptized by one spirit into one body, 1 Corinthians 12.13. Out of that nature, in which are all differences, sects, and opinions, and so come to put on Christ, who is but one. For as many as are baptized into Christ have put on Christ, Galatians 3.27, with his love, his mind, affections, etc., and these know a greater prize than contending about the basic elements of the world, about washings and things that stand in times, seasons, customs, and persons. For we find some are for sprinkling infants, others for dipping them, some for this fashion and some for that, all disputing and jangling from the written letter and imitation of John's ministry, calling it the baptism of Christ. And what is the effect of all these imitations and imaginations, but a multitude of baptisms, religions, and sects, and every sect master and his followers setting themselves against all others in the way they conceive to be right? So that now all must bow to their interpretations, which are all different from each other, or else they are said to be an error. Thus the form is set above the power, and not the true form either, but only as men have conceived from the letter or by the counsels of their own brain, and thus are all scattered and divided in their various imaginations in diverse baptisms. And this was what Paul saw creeping in among the churches in his time setting up sects according to the person by whom they were baptized, being puffed up for them and against the other apostles, some of Paul, some of Peter, some of Apollos, etc. And Paul, seeing this, thanked God he baptized no more than a few, plainly saying, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 17 Though he could make use of it until he saw them make an idol of it, and by it to make divisions and parties, and to puff up one above another, as it is now used today. No, it is far worse today, for now baptism with water is considered the key to let in and shut out of what men call a church, and some say none can be saved without it. But if you knew the right end of John's ministration of water— you would know that it was a forerunner of Christ's baptism and kingdom, and a witness to all men that the Jews' ceremonies, ordinances, and worship, wherein they had grown into divisions, was to have an end, and the spiritual ministration and baptism was to be set up in the downfall of carnal ordinances and elements. Indeed, from all of this they were to repent, for the kingdom of God was at hand, even within all that would believe." And those who believed came in time to deny all the Jews' worship with their outward circumcision and ordinances in the letter, and instead preach the mystery and the end of these things in spirit. But your baptisms now we are constrained to deny, for they do not bring you to the end of tithes and offerings and other Jewish ceremonies. And though we know that if we would but bow to your various forms of baptism and worship and to men's wills therein, we would not suffer by you. Yet then the offense of the cross would cease, as it has ceased to all who preach baptisms, carnal ordinances, respect of persons, conformity to men's wills, the world's customs and manners, and the doctrine of imperfection and sin for term of life. But for this same reason, the first Christians suffered all the envy that the Jews could heap upon them, who upheld the form in the letter, but denied the power and spirit. And so I say to all who can conform to the ways of men and please them, the cross of Christ has ceased in you, and so has the power. For this reason you are ever preaching against the world's ways and wickedness, but never able to lead out of them. You are like those who mind earthly things, who are enemies to the cross of Christ, ever learning and teaching, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth that makes free. And in whomever the cross with its sufferings has ceased. These, together with the powers of the earth, are united against all who take up the cross to follow Christ in the way of the Spirit. Therefore, I say to all concerning baptisms just what the apostle has said of circumcision. We are the baptism who worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh though we might have confidence in the outward washing, as we have formerly received it from such as gathered it from tradition. But this we have learned, that it is not the baptism which is outward in the flesh, but the baptism which is in the Spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. See Romans 2, verses 28-29. By this baptism, we are baptized by one Spirit into one body, and as many as are baptized into christ are baptized into his death and have put him on and are become new creatures and this is the baptism which avails to save us not the washing of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience towards god by the resurrection of jesus christ 1 peter 3:21 and with regard to this baptism we witness the truth that whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved mark 16:16 16, 16. but as for other baptisms about which men are contending from the letter we see their end and what they bring forth now if any should come forth in the power and spirit of john's baptism or have a call from god thereto such we will not judge or oppose but To suggest that any has power from the written letter, to take up John's water baptism and impose it upon others, that I deny. Or to say that leaving the outward shadow and going on to the spiritual baptism is a slighting or contemning of the ordinance of God, that I also deny. For this might have been charged against Paul as well, who ceased to baptize with water in his time, and preached a baptism in spirit in its stead. And it is for this same thing that we are persecuted today, who are not sent to dip or sprinkle with water, but to preach the gospel of light and life and the spiritual baptism of Jesus Christ for the bringing in of all who receive our testimony into one body by one spirit, not making divisions about carnal things. Indeed, for us the day has come and the shadows have flown away. And this I say to those who seek to know the truth of the matter. We do not despise any ordinance of God into which he has called any of his people in any generation, but neither dare we take a tradition upon us which God has not required at our hands, lest we keep people in that from which God has departed, and it be said of us, who has required this at your hands? Isaiah one twelve, And indeed, God has shown us a more excellent way. The light has come. And therein we have found Christ Jesus, the guide of his people, the leader of ages. Yes, we have found the Spirit of truth who leads into all truth and into all that God requires, the obedience to which is better than sacrifice. And it is to this Spirit that we are sent to direct the people, that Christ may be all in all, who gives power in the creature to perform all that he leads into. Hereby all who believe in the light may learn him, who begets both the will and the deed, and who is the author and finisher of faith in those who look to him alone. And it is by a measure of his Spirit which we have received, that we can also see you, who read what the saints did by a call from God, and then set yourselves to do the like in imitation, in self-righteousness and will-worship, both in baptism and in all other things into which you have not been led by the Lord. But this I say, that the Father has given his Son for a leader and guide to all ages, both into and out of all forms as he pleases, in his way and time, in every generation. It is for this reason that all who know God's will in this matter cannot endure to see any visible thing set up which limits his leading in spirit, or his people from following in spirit. Therefore, we deny no outward forms into which Christ leads by his spirit, but we deny all forms that are imposed by men to keep people from following the spirit. For the children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. But those who are led by the letter alone have ever been their enemies. It is the spiritual and not the written ministration that gives the knowledge of God and his glory and power. He that is born after the flesh has his way in visible things, but he that is born after the spirit has food that the world does not know. And what state are you in, you who set up the shadow to oppose the substance, which is the end of the shadow, and take hold of the letter to oppose the spirit, which writings were given to declare the sufficiency of the spirit. So you pervert the scriptures out of their place and end, which are given to testify of Christ, their life and their end, and set them in the place of Christ and think to have life in them. And in this state, both scriptures and ordinances and all other gifts of God are abused, wrested out of their places, and made unprofitable."